Good morning, Church of the Palms, and welcome to our pre-recorded service. We invite you to find a comfortable place to worship with no distractions, and if you wish, light a candle so you can invite the presence of Christ in your home. And we encourage you to have your bulletin available. You can find it on our church website. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us prepare to worship God. We sing of God's mercy and grace shown to all generations. We praise God's constant and never-ending love and faithfulness. We rejoice that God's promise of an anointed one, the Messiah, is fulfilled. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us, into our hearts and lives forever. Let us worship God.
It is good to begin our worship by admitting where we have failed our Maker and our Savior. Needing to turn once again toward God in order to confess the ways we may, may have turned away from Him, let's trust in God's abundance grace, His mercy and His deep love, and confess our sin before God and one another. O oh God, you have called us to be apostles of your grace but we have been judgmental instead of gracious. We condemn in others what is also all too often in us. We refuse to listen to others' pain or to understand the source of their tears. We avoid those who are angry or scornful or embittered. It is easier to dismiss the feelings of others than to offer true empathy. We would rather reject than encounter them. Yet you come to us, Emmanuel, and we want to repent. You reach out to us and our hearts melt. We want to embrace this new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, the grace of God is an abundant feast spread for all people. The love of God is a deep fountain overflowing in the world. The forgiveness of God is a deep well never running dry, freeing, and revitalizing our spirits. So, dear friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
Now, let us again return to that historic creed, the Apostles' Creed, and share it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now at this point in the service, we ask you to take time to greet one another and pass the peace. We wish we could do that together and we long for that day when it will happen. But for now, let's share together our love in passing the peace. Good morning. We are glad to be worshiping with you and thank you for letting us into your homes today. Our popular series, God in Hollywood, continues through November 18 and Pastor Steve is going to switch and is going to go to his favorite author, C.S. Lewis, and discuss the movie's Chronicles of Narnia. The first movie will be The Lion, The Witch, and The Wardrobe. This series is on Zoom on Wednesdays at 6.30. All Saints Day falls next week on November 1. In this particular year where we haven't been able to grieve properly for many of our dear saints due to the pandemic, it's our hope to see their names listed and shared so we can honor their lives and lift them up to God communally. If you haven't done so, please submit their names by tomorrow, October 26th in the front office. Thank you for that. We invite you to spread joy to those who need it most in this season by bringing individually wrapped candy to the front office or in the sanctuary if you also worship in person with us. We will fill up some stockings and distribute them to our friends in Newtown and also uh, Mission Peniel and also Beth L. If you're looking for a different, very different online worship experience, if you need to find the peace of God, please look for our link with our Teze services. And these are under 30 minutes, and the repeated singing will hopefully bring you close to Christ, and it will allow you to relax and to find some peace. A new service is released every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., but you can watch them anytime on our website or through our YouTube, YouTube channel. 
Join us for the sermon discussion group on Mondays at 10 a.m. We ask everyone to, to register, even if you've been doing it before, because the previous link had a little glitch, and so you're going to be given a new link for that. That's the Zoom life. And lastly, you should expect to receive an online survey later this week, which will help inform us as we make plans for the future. Your help with this short survey will impact decisions we are making as we continue to navigate the pandemic. So we thank you in advance for your time. And we really want to thank our friend and violinist, Mia Leite, for playing with us today. Thank you so much. Let us continue to worship God. from Psalm 42, a psalm of lament. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I went with the throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me, 
Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the thunder of your cataracts, all the waves and your billows have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully? Because the enemy oppresses me. As with a deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Today we have a new member we like to recognize Roma Jean Blair today as our newest member at Church of the Palms. Jean is a sister of Vicki Morley and has been worshiping with us for quite some time and knows our mission and our goal and our practice of worship here. Having gone through new member class with me and having answered the questions of new member classes, Jean has joined the Church of Christ here at Church of the Palms. Where you are, please clap your hands and welcome Jean. And we're very glad that you have joined the church, Jean, to love God and love neighbor together with us. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we come with gratitude and joy to praise you and worship you. We came today to give you particular thanks for Jean Blair, who has come to join the Church of Jesus Christ here at Church of the Palms. We thank you for all the blessings you have given Jean and for making her your joyful blessing to us. We pray that you will continue to bless her that we may together show our love for you, love for one another, and love for the neighbors we have from you. O oh Lord, we pray for an end of the COVID-19 pandemic. We pray for the successful creation and distribution of needed vaccines and treatments. We pray for the medical and other caregivers who have been at this month after month. We are so grateful for the difference they are making. Give them wisdom and endurance in all things and compassion, we pray. Great God, we pray for the unity of our nation during this election season. Help us to remember your commandment to love one another even in the midst of many words. As we vote, may we prayerfully turn to you for wisdom and direction, we pray. O God of compassion, we pray for those who are sick and grieving and for those who are making their way home to you this day. Almighty God, we pray for soldiers and those in the front lines facing danger and we ask for their safety. 
We pray for church leaders and missionaries and humanitarian workers who serve around the world. We pray that these people may find joy in the service they give. We are grateful, O oh God, for this church that has remained alive and responsive to your call to love and serve despite our limitations. Bless and strengthen us in all our ministries and mission, we pray. Bless our nurture and care of one another and of our neighbors, we pray. Now we bring all our prayers to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we have come to a moment of gratitude. At this time, we, even in the middle, in the middle of this pandemic, are very well blessed by God each day in our lives. Through our continuous giving, we can continue to do God's work and extend helping hands and blessings of God to others. On the screen are several ways you can give. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 tells us that some give freely, yet grow all the richer. I invite you to become one of the some who give freely and generously and grow richer so that the glory of God may continue and church's ministry and mission locally, nationally, and globally will continue. Let us give. Thank you. 
Let us pray. Our most loving and generous God, we bring these our gifts and tithings of our gratitude as a token of our love for you. Accept these our gifts and multiply them and bless them so that this whole world may be filled with people who love you and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I'd like to invite all the children to come closer to the television or whatever screen you have in your house because it is a special time for you. As always, I'd like to make a little book for you. And so today I made a book about joy. You know, this whole month we have been talking about joy, teaching and preaching and listening and practicing joy. Pastor Lori will preach some more stuff about joy. And even in the midst of this COVID-19 period, we have a lot of reasons to be joyful. Remember Pastor Lori talked about the difference between happiness and joy last week? Well, this is a happy face. This is, I think, what you look like when you are happy. I hope I look like this when I'm happy. And life goes on even in the COVID-19 period. Uh, let's see, how do I flip these pages as nicely as I did in the office and in my kitchen? Okay, there is this face. It is a very sad face. Sometimes we have reasons to be sad because of things that happen at school or at home or just because we have to wear a mask, mask to be safe. And then sometimes we get scared, you know, even whether in COVID-19 time or not, there are things that to be scared about in life. And sometimes we get angry or angry people make us sad or scared. And sometimes we get really confused. We don't know which way to go or what to do. And sometimes we actually feel very loved. Regardless, we pray, we get to pray even in the midst of all these different feelings and experiences that cause us to be mad or confused or angry or sad or lost, we still get to feel joy because by praying to God, even in the midst of all those not so good feelings or even a happy feeling, if we always remember to talk to God in prayers, we get to remember that God loves you. God loves us, God loves all of us, and then we get to feel joy all over again. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for this day, especially in the midst of all these difficult and new experiences. We pray that you'll continue to help us remember that you're always with us and you're always ready to fill our hearts with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen.
First scripture passage comes from the first from the first chapter of James verses 2 through 4. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. The second scripture passage comes from the first and the last chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. From Matthew 1:23, Look, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And Matthew 28:18 through 20, And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Open our hearts and minds, O oh God, to the word just read and the words to come. 
that they might point to you the word made flesh, Emmanuel. Amen. Well, we are on our final week of the Fruit of the Spirit called Joy, and I have some good news for you. I received a catalog from Amazon in the mail, which let me know the good news in bold letters right on the front, Joy Delivered. It's so convenient to receive joy without ever having to leave the house. Well, this dovetails nicely with today's sermon entitled, Unexpected Places. If joy came in a package left on my doorstep, that would truly be unexpected. Or how about a Christmas carol in October? Unexpected. I read an article a few weeks ago about a woman who was one to never decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving. But given the darkness and the isolation of COVID, she broke her own rule just this one time, and she set up Christmas in October. She was longing to catch a glimpse of the hope and the joy that Christmas brings. Of course, no one ever expected baby Jesus to be born outside among animals, wrapped up and put in a feeding trough. Nor did we expect the Savior of the world to be crucified on the cross like a criminal. Yet from both of those unexpected places, we received immeasurable joy to the world. In our scripture passage today, James wrote that whenever we face trials of any kind, we should consider it nothing but joy. Hmm, any kind? Can you imagine finding joy in a pile of manure dumped in your yard by a hateful neighbor? Howard Thurman, an African-American author, theologian, and civil rights leader, tells the story about his grandmother who actually owned some land. There was a white woman who lived next door who did not like the fact that this black woman was a landowner. So she decided that she was going to get back at Thurman's grandmother. So she went to her chicken coop and she got all the manure and she dumped it on her neighbor's tomatoes and on her greens and in everything that she was growing to destroy it. When his grandmother realized that there was all this manure dumped on her plants, she would get up in the morning and she would take the manure before it burnt up her plants and she would mix it in the soil and use it as fertilizer. And so the woman would dump at night and Thurman's grandmother would get up in the morning and turn it over and mix it in. Well, the woman next door eventually got sick and her callous personality left her with no friends or visitors. But Thurman's grandmother went next door and brought her some flowers. The frail woman was shocked and deeply moved by the kindness from this black woman to whom she had been so cruel. The old woman said, those, those are the most beautiful flowers I have ever seen. Where did you get them? Thurman's grandmother said, we grew these together because when you were dumping in my yard, I decided to plant some roses. Thurman's grandmother found joy in spite of her circumstances 
And she did the work of coaxing new life out of a hurtful mess, and not just with the flowers, but with another human being. George Buttrix once said, the same sun that hardens the clay melts the wax. It's our choice whether we let the inevitable suffering and misfortune of life harden us or soften us. I want you to think back over your life and try to recall some joyful event, like your wedding or the birth of a child or a well-deserved promotion. If it's not too painful, I would like to invite you now to think of a hard time in your life. Perhaps you lost a job or an important relationship. Maybe you buried a spouse or a parent or a dream. As you reflect back, I wonder which experience helped mature you more. If you're like me, I have learned and grown significantly more during my times of trial and suffering than during the happy events. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish the system were different. But suffering does a mysterious dance with joy, and God so wants us to learn the steps. To be fully human, fully alive, we have to embrace all of it if we try to seal off the pain, we seal off the joy, too. It's like the children's book by Oliver Jeffers called The Heart and the Bottle. Jeffer tells the story of a little girl, much like any other, whose expansive and exuberant curiosity is fueled by her father reading to her all sorts of fascinating books about the sea and the stars and the wonders of our world. We watched their blissful ex explorations until one day we realized that the father is gone and the little girl finds herself facing his empty chair. Feeling unsure, the girl thought the best thing was to put her heart in a safe place just for the time being. So she put her heart in a bottle and she hung it around her neck and that seemed to fix things at first. The little girl soon finds out that locking away the pain also locks away her capacity for love and aliveness, that mysterious dance with suffering and joy. To be fully alive, to discover the joy even in the midst of trials, is not to sugarcoat a difficult time. In fact, great healing can come when we linger a bit with our suffering, when we mourn our losses, when we stay present to the experience without numbing or avoiding. Overall, Americans don't seem to have a great relationship with suffering. We want to jump right to Easter. But I wonder if we might do better if we could learn how to lament like those from our faith tradition. The psalmists and the prophets, they lamented. They cried and raged at, at suffering and injustice. Jesus himself lamented throughout a good portion of his ministry at what he was witnessing, sometimes turning over tables in anger and in deep pain, or on a cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? praying and quoting the 22nd Psalm, a psalm of lament. 
we lose something important if during a difficult time we just have a light-hearted, mushy kind of faith that nonchalantly with a smile says, oh, it'll be fine. Christian joy is not fake, phony, or naive. It is a deep, meaningful understanding that the pain or the loss may shape us, but it doesn't own us. And it most definitely does not get the last word. Joy can sneak in when our trials wake us up to how fragile our world can be. Knowing people that we love can be gone without warning. We savor the precious conversations. We remember to say, I love you, and it's okay. I forgive you. Knowing how unpredictable the world can be, we flirt with joy by listening a little better, by helping out when we can, by letting others get close to us, by laughing a little more. To find glimpses of joy even in the midst of trial is to open our eyes to the beauty and the wonder of the world. Nature has the capacity to stir something in our souls that touches on its divine origin. Professor Abraham Heschel taught that religion is born in a sense of wonder. He sought to remind his students that joy, the joy of being alive in God's world, is as important a dimension of the religious life as piety and reverence. When we open the door to step outside, to look and listen and breathe in God's creation, sometimes a little joy sneaks in. Trials can also wake us up to Emmanuel, God with us. Rabbi Harold Kushner wrote, God's essential identity is the one who will be with you when you have to do something you're afraid will be too hard for you to do. God says, I won't do it for you. I won't do it without you. But I won't leave you to do it alone. I will be with you when you summon up the courage to do it. And I will give you qualities of strength and soul that you didn't know you were capable of. There is joy in the promise that Jesus gave us at the end of Matthew when he said, I am with you always until the end of the age. Perhaps it's that promise that helps us to imagine finding joy during a serious illness. A woman wrote that she had joy while she was enduring cancer treatments. She was quick to point out that this did not mean that she was walking around all the time with a silly grin on her face or laughing out loud or that she was somehow not acknowledging the suffering that she was experiencing. She said her joy was not contingent on her feelings, which were up and down, or on having hair, which she lost all of, or even on sensing God's presence because there were many days when she felt all alone. Rather, her joy rests solely on who God is and on what God promises. I like how Eugene Peterson paraphrases our James passage in the Message Bible. He writes, 
Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. His phrase on becoming mature and well-developed reminds me of the way God made live oak trees and how they are designed to withstand major storms like hurricanes. When Katrina hit St. Charles Street in New Orleans, one would have expected that most, if not all, of the live oak trees would have been devastated. Yet only four trees died in more than 700 trees on that street. It turns out that the trunks and the branches of live oak trees are spiraled, so they flex in the wind. The leaves curl in the shape of a Fibonacci sequence, allowing the wind to flow through them with minimal friction, which means that the leaves are not easily torn off. But most importantly for us is what is happening below the surface. As the live oak tree matures, the roots are growing down and reaching out for the roots of other live oak trees nearby. Soon the roots of a group of trees are entwined together. So when the storm hits, it's not just hitting one tree, it's blowing through the whole community and they bend and they flex and they ultimately hold each other up. Well, this made me think of a story I read just last week about a small community in North Dakota. Can you imagine finding joy in a situation where your combine catches on fire as you're harvesting your wheat, and then as you're putting out the fire, you have a massive heart attack? As Lane Unjum was fighting for his life in a hospital, one of the local farmers, Jenna Bindi, started fighting for his crops. She began calling around to see who could help out. Well, I'm not a farmer, but I understand when the harvest is ready, it's ready. Every day it sits in the sun or gets rained on, the quality drops and the price drops. Time is of the essence. Three days after Lane's unexpected massive heart attack, about 50 farmers showed up, pulling grain carts, driving combines and semis. In a little more than seven hours, the group cut 1,000 acres of wheat. Other ranchers came by and hauled in 714 bales of hay. If Lane were healthy, it would have taken him a month to do all of that work. The other farmers who came to Lane's aid took away time from their own crops that day to help out their neighbor. It was a sacrifice to be sure, but nobody complained. Destroyed farming equipment and a battered body are unexpected places to find joy. Yet Lane and the whole farming community caught a whiff of it. Joy is like that. It dances with suffering and it sneaks in when you are least expecting it, sometimes in a manure pile, sometimes in the grief of a little girl's heart, sometimes in a cancer ward. But I think it has an easier time getting in when we make room in our hearts 
and leave the door open just a crack. It reminds me of the line in Joy to the World, let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Did you know that the author of that beautiful Christmas carol had more than his fair share of trials? Born in 1674, Isaac Watts was a sickly, reclusive man who wrote poetry. He had studied and became a minister, but his health failed early in his call. I read his story in a lovely book by our very own Morgan Roberts called 28 Carols to Sing at Christmas. Isaac Watts once asked a woman who was enamored with his writing to marry him. When she met him in person, this is what she said. He was only five feet tall, with a sallow face, hooked nose, prominent cheekbones, small eyes, and death-like color. She quickly refused his proposal, saying, I like the jewel, but not the setting. That may have sucked the joy out of his courting days, but not out of his life. He went on to write some 750 hymns, including When I Survey the Wondrous Cross and Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Watts was befriended by Sir Thomas Abney and his wife, Lady Abney, with whom he stayed for 36 years until his death. When asked about the duration of the stay of their distinguished guest, Lady Abney said, it was the shortest visit a friend ever paid a friend. From the trials of a sickly life, Watts received great joy from an unexpected friendship and in a creative gift that he shared with the world. Now we all can join in with a resounding joy to the world. The Lord is come, Emmanuel, God with us today and every day in all of the unexpected places where we can bear witness to the mysterious dance of suffering and joy.
Friends, whatever trials you may be facing, I just pray and that you would keep your eyes open for and your heart open for a little joy to sneak in, trusting that Emmanuel, God, is with you. And now may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Thank you.